0: thank the praise band Um, week after week after week they just um, give it everything they've got so i want to ask you as you sit there and i know that you appreciate it as much as i do so put some like heart emojis out there for the praise band this morning and and uh, let them know how much you appreciate what they do and i appreciate you for being here this morning and worshiping with us on father's day And I want to ask you to join me in the 6th chapter of Matthew, verses 5 through 13. This is going to be a very familiar sounding passage to you. Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 13. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, They have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before You ask him, pray then this way, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we all so have forgiven our debtors and do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. A few years ago, we were serving at a church that was planning a a mission trip, and it was a joint mission trip. So we were meeting together on a Sunday afternoon at a neighboring Methodist church that was kind of way out in the country, and we were having a commissioning service at this church on a Sunday afternoon. Now, whenever we go to a church service as a family, Um, We always take multiple cars, at least two cars, and we don't do that to try to be wasteful or anything like that. We do that because Dad, the preacher, usually has to be there before anybody else and usually has to stay after everybody else. And so just for the sake of family harmony, right, just for the sake of family harmony, we'll take multiple cars. And that's what we had done on this Sunday afternoon. I had gotten there early. And the service went well and after the service was over I was standing around talking to everybody like I normally do and it went on and on a little bit and I could tell over my shoulder I could see out of the corner of my eye there was Michael our son was standing there and Michael had used up about all of the goodwill and good uh, patience that he had for standing around waiting on his dad and so I said, Michael, why don't you just go outside and walk around and burn off some energy? And so out the door he went. And a few minutes later, I saw Tammy and Emily Kate and Allison headed to the back door and I knew that they were about to leave and I just waved and they left. And I I finished up talking to everybody that I needed to talk to. And by the time I walked out the door in the parking lot, mine was one of the only cars left there. And I didn't see anybody around. So I just assumed that Michael had ridden home with Tammy and the girls, just assumed that, right? So I get in my car and I drive home. When I walk in the door, uh, Tammy's in the kitchen, I wave at her, and I go to the bedroom to start changing out of my church clothes, right? And my phone rings, and it's Gail, my church secretary, who's a member of the church where we had just come from, And I said, well, hey, Gail, how are you doing? And she said, I want you to know that Michael's okay. I have him with me. And I said, what do you mean you have Michael with you? He's here at that. She said, no, I have Michael with me. I found him walking around in the church parking lot. Ah, panic. But it ends well. You know, I mean, Michael's okay. Uh, Gail brought him home, and when he got home, of course, I wanted to be mad. Part of me really wanted to be mad, but honest to goodness, another part of me was just like, he did exactly what I asked him to do, right? He, I, I told him to go outside and walk around. That's exactly what he did. And then another part of me thought, you know what? I guess that um, World's Greatest Father Award Right at the door this year, I can just see the headlines now. You know, uh, uh, local pastor abandons his son in the wilderness in Lauderdale County, and he, and boy survives for a week on uh, berries and creek water. I don't know. So, um, no Father of the Year award for me that year. And that's not the only time that I've blown my chances for Father of the Year. Um, when the kids were little, one time Tammy was out of town and. I don't know where she had gone, but I was home alone with the kids. And I decided it would be a great idea to take both girls and have their hair cut. I don't know what I was thinking, but um, I took the girls and they got a haircut, a new, brand new haircut. And when Tammy got back from her trip, um, she came in and she looked at the girls and to be honest with you, the haircuts were unfortunate. They um, were vaguely reminiscent of Little House on the Prairie or something like that. It was bad. And she took one look at the girls, and she took one look at me, and she gave me— she didn't even have to say anything. She gave me this look like, have you lost your mind? And then I looked at my little sad faces on my girls, and they looked at me, and they looked at Mother, and they said without saying anything— Yes, Mom, Daddy has indeed lost his mind. And so that year, Father of the Year Award, right out the door. Yep, yep, I could go on. I could tell you more stories, but I'm not going to because this is Father's Day, and I don't want them to beat on me when I get home because I told too many stories about them. My point is, I'm not a perfect father. Neither was my father. Neither was his father before him, and neither is your father. This is our great Father's Day confession, y'all. All of us dads are flawed, and all of us dads need God's help to do as right by our children as we possibly can, and that's just the truth. But also true is the fact that we have a Heavenly Father who is perfect. And on this day, when we remember our earthly fathers, I just want to take a few minutes to shine a spotlight on our Heavenly Father. The gospel reading that we shared just a few minutes ago from Matthew chapter 6, even if you didn't grow up in church, you may be watching this and you didn't grow up in church at all, but I'll bet that you know about the Lord's Prayer, and you probably could even say most of it by memory. So right now, I want you to pause and say it with me, right there where you are. And say it, say it out loud if you want to. If you, if you don't want to do that, just say it to yourself. But before we do anything else, let's pause and pray this prayer together. Will you pray with me? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. So there are so many things that we can learn about our Heavenly Father just through the lens of the Lord's Prayer And first, just let me say, we do have a Heavenly Father. You have a Heavenly Father. I have a Heavenly Father. We are God's children simply by virtue of the fact that we are created in God's image. You will never meet anyone who was not created in God's image. Did you know that? Now, we all look different, and wouldn't it be boring if we all looked the same? But God's image transcends all The beautiful palette of skin tones that you see around the world it transcends all of the spectrum of gender it transcends everything all of us are image bearers of god and just by virtue of that we belong to god we belong to god we're we're god's children and not only that it gets better and better god also invites us to be adopted into god's family through jesus christ God invites us to the spiritual family. He invites me. He claims me. He invites you. He claims you. Listen to these words from Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as children. And because you are children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave, but a child. And if a child, then also an heir through God. Simply incredible that when Jesus prays this prayer, he doesn't say, my father who art in heaven. He says, our father who art in heaven. We have a Heavenly Father who loves us. So, what else can we learn by looking through the Lord's Prayer about our Heavenly Father? We learn that His name is holy. When we say, Hallowed be thy name, what we're really saying is, May your name always be kept holy. God's name, God's essence, God's identity, God's reputation. God's reputation. I don't know about you but sometimes when I would be going out uh, my mom or dad would tell me something about like you know remember who you are wherever you go and remember who you are and what they were saying was don't do anything that would bring disgrace to the family name not that our family name was all of that uh, you know well-known or anything like that but at least we weren't notorious right when our Heavenly Father adopts us and we bear God's family name, we have to ask ourselves, are we doing something that would cause shame on God's family name? In other words, when we are, when we are actively uh, hurting and when we are actively hating and when we are doing things that don't reflect the name of God, when, when we promote violence and hate, then we are doing the opposite of what God is because 1 John 4, 7, and 8 says that that God is love. So when we reflect anything other than that, then we're putting a smudge on the family name. We never want to do anything that would cause somebody to say, well, if that's what God's all about, I don't want to worship that God. Our Father's name is holy, and may we always keep it that way. Something else about our Heavenly Father is God loves us and has a will and a purpose for our lives. That's what we mean when we say thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are invoking the power and the purpose of God in our lives. We're saying, God, I know that you love me and I know you have my best interest in heart. So right now, I want your will to be done, not just on earth, but in me. I want your will to be done Here, just like it is in heaven. What a powerful request that is. If we really mean it, if we really mean it, that's a powerful request. And it's okay for us to mean it because God loves us. I don't know if anyone has ever told you this before, but God is not neutral toward you. God is crazy about you. God loves you and has a purpose for your life, and loves me and has a purpose for my life. And so, I can have the courage to say god i want your will done i want your will done in my life so if we pray that prayer and we mean it and i hope we do then we better lace up our work boots because there are a lot of things about what's going on around us in our world that doesn't look like god's perfect will in heaven right and if we're going to pray that prayer thy kingdom come Thy will be done Then we got to be willing to work it. We got to be willing to put our effort into making here look more like God's will and God's kingdom. And we may have to say, Change my heart, God. Change my heart. Make my heart reflect what you want, not just what I want. So the first part of the Lord's Prayer is just introducing our Heavenly Father and. The first part of the prayer, we're asking for God's will to be done in our life, God's perfect will to here on earth be established like it is in heaven, and it's powerful. The second part of the Lord's Prayer, we see what our Father gives to us as gifts in order for us to be able to be faithful as His people in this kingdom. That's the next thing I want you to see about our Father. Our Father is a provider. God provides for us everything that we need to be his faithful kingdom people. He doesn't leave anything out. And so that's what we ask for when we pray the Lord's Prayer. And that's what God provides. Three things, three simple things I want you to see from the Lord's Prayer that God provides for us. We say in the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. And what we're asking for is, hey God, just like you provided manna, for the Israelites in the wilderness, remember in the book of Exodus, chapter sixteen, where the hungry children of Israel were wandering in the desert, and God provided manna for them. Remember how much they got to collect for each day. I don't know. Go back and reread that story if you if you need to. But um, they only gathered enough manna for one day, just one day. If they tried to gather more than they could. Uh, gather just that one day, then it went bad, right? So this is a reflection of how we're supposed to trust our heavenly Father. God give me what I need for today. Give me bread for this day's journey. And God does. and then the second thing is God gives us um forgiveness. We say, forgive us our trespasses, even as we forgive those who trespass against us. You know why we say that more than once? Because we need it more than once. Let's just be honest, because we have, you know, we have a pattern, don't we, of constantly stepping across the lines that God draws and and trespassing across God's boundaries that he's given us. And we have to say, God, forgive me, forgive me. And God always does. Because we're asking a father who loves us and who wants to forgive us our debts, our trespasses. But here's the other side of that coin. As God's forgiven children, you and I have no right to withhold forgiveness from someone who trespasses against us. I know that's hard to hear. I know it's hard to do. When someone hurts us, we want to hold on to that and, and just kind of clutch onto to that, that hurt and carry that grudge. But as God's forgiven children, you and me, we have no business carrying grudges with us. So we ask God, you forgive us and we'll forgive others. And then we say, lead us not into temptation. That's the third thing that God provides us. God provides us deliverance from temptation. He provides us deliverance from temptation by giving us a way out. A way out. Listen to what the Apostle Paul wrote in First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to everyone, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able to bear, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. God provides a way out. There are four like really powerful words in this verse, first Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13. One word is common. No temptation has overtaken you, but what is common to everyone, temptation is a common experience for everyone you're not being picked on you're not being singled out even jesus was tempted in the wilderness it's common temptation overtakes all of us and overtake is is a a beautiful description of what happens when we're just going along and minding our own business and bam we just feel this temptation to do what we know we shouldn't or to not do what we know we should So the the next powerful word in 1 Corinthians 10, 13 is faithful. God is faithful. Always faithful. You know what? You are not always faithful. I'm not always faithful. But thank God that God is always faithful. His, His faithfulness is renewed every morning. The third powerful word in 1 Corinthians 10, 13 is bear. God will not allow you and will not allow me to be tempted more than we Now, some people have kind of twisted that around and made it into uh, a half-truth and said this. God will not give you more than you can bear. And that's not exactly true because we do sometimes have more than we can bear. And God lets us have more than we can bear so that we'll trust him. But this is the real truth. God will not let us be tempted more than we can bear. And then the fourth word is escape, because God will always provide a way out. Now, we may not like the way out. We may not choose to go through the door that God opens for us that's the way out, because it may not be something we want to do. You know, the way out might mean that I have to say no to me. And I'll just tell you, I don't like saying no to me. You know, it's something I want to do. God's way out might mean that I have to bite my tongue and not say something that I really want to say. I might even have to walk away in order to keep from saying what I don't need to say. That might be the way out. On the other hand, I might be tempted to remain silent when I really need to speak up. I might be tempted to just sit there like a knot on the log when I need to actively participate in making God's kingdom happen. So my temptation might be to remain silent or inactive. I might be afraid to do something. I might be reluctant, but God is always providing a way. He always does because God is always faithful. And God is always a good, good Father. I know Father's Day is hard for a lot of people. Uh, You may not have a great relationship with your earthly father you may uh, have never had a chance to know your earthly father you may have been abused at the hand of your earthly father and some of y'all may be like me and you might be missing your earthly father um, really strongly today because he's passed on to that place where the lord is prepared for him it's it's not always easy on father's day i know that but what I also want you to know is that you have a Heavenly Father. You have a Heavenly Father who, whose name is holy. Who loves you and has a will and a purpose for your life. Who provides for you just what you need. Just when you need it. Who is always, always faithful. Remember that today and every day. Let us pray. Lord, we want to take time and thank you for um, our earthly fathers who've been good to us and who have raised us and who have been examples to us. And not only just our biological fathers, but Lord for all those stepdads out there who have who've done their best to raise the kids for foster parents for uh, those influences that we've had from teachers and coaches and ministers and everyone who has tried to show us the way by word and by deed we give thanks for everyone that you sent into our life that does that but most of all we thank you for being our heavenly father we thank you that when jesus taught us to pray he said our father that we have a Heavenly Father who loves us and who's always faithful. Thank you for being a good, good Father. In Jesus' name, amen.